rapidly and very fast around the world. Um, and if you, if you don't know, you know, if you don't have the message of the hour, if you don't have the word of God to encourage you and to tell you where you are, where you've come from, where you're going, it could be a very stressful, very uh, time where you can be frightened, you could be afraid, you can be confused because, because there's nothing that's you know, certain at this day in this hour that we're living in. That you can't depend upon your, your savings. You can't depend upon maybe your business that you have. You can't, you can't fully place trust on, uh, on the government. You can't pl place your trust on your bank or um, whatever, your tr whatever people place their trust in today. You, there's, no, there's no confidence in that. There's no, there's, not, there's no sure place to stand, if we could say it that way. But I'm so glad that God watches over his people. God knows exactly what's going on. And I want to tell you this evening that, that whatever you are going through in your life, God is aware of, of that situation. I love how the prophet of God, when he talks about who God is, and he tells us that in order for God to be God, he has to know uh, every little mosquito and every little gnat that ever existed and ever lived upon the face of the earth. And he breaks it down and says that he would, have, he would know how much fat it has in it, how, mu how much it weighed, and all of these little details that... We don't even think about it, but God was showing to you and I that God is aware of every little detail that, that's going on around the world. And much more than that, God is aware of what, what, whatever you are going through in your life. Because God is faithful. God, is, God loves his children and he provides, he cares for them. As we, as we read the scripture that the children of Israel, they were, the, they were the, the church of God. They're the ones who were called out from Egypt. They're the ones who had the promises. They're the ones who, who, were the, who had the promise to possess the land. And they were journeying throughout the land. And now they've, are, they've come to a place where they were supposed to step across to become possessors of what, was of what was promised to them many, many years ago. Even though the promise was given to Abraham. And, and the promise was, was given to him. And God told him that your seed shall sojourn in the land of promise. I'm sorry, you, you'll show, sojourn in this land, but then your seed will, 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 be, you know, will be oppressed and they'll live in the, in, the, in the strange land, but then with a mighty hand, I'll bring them out. And the generations have passed. Maybe, you know, hundreds and thousands of people that were born and they lived their life, they died. And there was been, there's been even the generation that were called out, went out of Egypt. They, they, they came to the promised land, but then they did not, they were not worthy to go into the, to it because of their unbelief, and we know that that's the only thing that hinders is unbelief. A lot of times we, we may look at a situation, and sometimes people would, bl would put blame on God. But most of the time, if you look around, you have to, you'll be able to realize and understand. You can't put blame on God. It is all, always man's, it's human, human mistakes, and our, our unbelief is what, what normally puts us in a position a lot of times where we are. But I'm so glad that God is able to... He, he knows how to untie those knots. He's, able, he's the one who knows how to, how to bring out and turn the situation around. Sometimes it seems so hopeless. Sometimes it seems so, so in, in the condition where there's no way for that person to ever be saved. Or, or that family is in such a mess. But I'm just so glad that we have a prophet that told us that, that God one day will use his divine fingers. And he'll be able to untie every knot. Aren't you glad that it's not in your hands? It's not in the hands of a pastor or, or a prophet. It's in the hands of God. God is the one who's going to untie everything. God is the one who knows how to, how to untangle every, every situation. 
You know, I've, 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 fi I've fished before. I'm not a great fisherman, but you know, there's been, there's been times where you throw a line and the wind is blowing and it gets tangled up so bad. You ha you'll have this, you know, this rat's nest and, and you, you're looking at it and you're like, how am I going to untangle this? And, and how am I going to fix this? And, and you just, you could spend hours trying to fix it and you, you, you just give up and sometimes you just cut the line and retie it and, and start over again. But I'm so glad that we have a God that looks at a situation and he doesn't just cut it out and throw it away. God knows how to untie, untangle everything. God knows how to fix the situation. So that, so that, so that, we, because the desire of God is not for someone to be lost, to be kicked into hell, but desire of God is to seek that which is lost. The desire of God is to, to save and to, to, to show mercy, show goodness, show love to those to a lost generation. Aren't you glad that you serve a God like that? Aren't you glad that you, you have a God that, that cares and provides and, and he knows every situation that we go through? Hallelujah. I'm so glad that we serve a God like that. Because I could tell you that I've been in situations in my life where I felt like God should just cut me off and throw me away because, because of the things I've done, things that I've went through, things that have, you know, the mind battles, the things, the mistakes that you made. And I'm sure that many of you maybe feel that, oh, I feel ashamed for what I've done in the past. But I'm so glad that we have a God that knows your past. But then he says, he's, he's so great, the prophet of God says that he's able to forget your past. You know, it's, it's impossible for a human being to a lot of times to forget if somebody hurts you. Somebody may do something and you may be are able to forgive them. But your, your mind always goes back to maybe what that person did to you. And sometimes it's very hard for you to forgive and forget those things that have maybe happened to you. But our God is so great that he's able to forget. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that we have a God like that. And he's alive today. He's a living God. Hallelujah. And so these children of Israel, they've journeyed. They've received the promise. They're the ones who were called out from Egypt. They were the ones who, who, whom God called out by Moses with a mighty hand. He brought them out. And they've, they've, they've came to the land of promise. But they, they, because of their unbelief, because of their, their doubting, God told them that now you're going to journey for 40 years in this, in this wilderness. And, and throughout that journey, there's been a lot of people that were, a lot of young families that were born, a lot of young children that were born. And they grew up in that space of 40 years. But all of those that were older than 18 years old, those that were the original ones that went out of Egypt, they're the ones that died. Those are the ones that, that, that died through the space of 40 years. And now there's a new generation that has come up. Now there's a generation of people that they've heard of a promise. They heard that, there's, that God has given them a promise and they're going to become possessors one time. But all they knew, if you just think about it, some of them were born in the wilderness. And all they knew for all of their life is just walking in the wilderness, in a dry place. They're walking and living in tents. They've never lived in a house. They've never lived in a, in a comfortable place. All they knew is that they will settle down here and then maybe they'll be there for a month or two. They might be there longer. And then God, they'll see the pillar of cloud moving. And God told Moses, if you see the pillar of cloud moving, if you see the pillar of fire moving, you got to get up and you got to follow. you got to start moving. And all of these children that grew up and they were born in the wilderness, that's all they knew. 
That's, that's, that was the only thing that they knew is, is this is the time for us to get up, time for us to go. And they would get up, they would start journeying, and maybe they went many times around the same mountain, to the same desert. They've gone for, for years, and that's all they knew in their life. But there came a time where God says that you are going to go into a promised land. You're going to go into a place where you've never been before. You're going to go and possess the promise that I've told Abraham. You're going to go and possess the promise that your, your fathers could not possess. But you are going to become a possessor of that. I just want to tell you this evening that it is all because of, our, of, the, of the unbelief of the people. They were, they were not able to, to possess. They were not able to take what was rightfully theirs. And I believe that we are living in the time. We're living in the day where God is saying that there's going to be a generation. There's going to be a people that will possess the promises of God for this day. There's going to be people that, you know, that have, they've journeyed long and they've, they've walked around and maybe been through many different cycles in their lives. But God is bringing us to a new place. God is preparing a new heavens and a new earth. And the, the, his bride is coming back for his bride to take you from where you are, to take you just from, from being, just having a promise to, to, to take you, to become a possessor of that promise. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that we serve a God that, that does not just speak words idly and then doesn't stand behind it. We, we believe, I trust that you all believe that we have a God that answers prayer. We have a God that knows our needs and he knows exactly how to fulfill his promise. He knows exactly how to fulfill his word. Because what he said, it will come to pass. Because Jesus said that heavens and earth shall pass away, but my words will not fall to the ground. They will not, they will not fail. Hallelujah. So wonderful to know. To become, to become a possessor. You know, when you, just in the simple terms, when you become a possessor of something, you, let's say you go and you buy a car. You, 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 you know, you, you, you have a plan. You want to you wanna own a car. And you start, you know, working towards that goal. You need a new car. And you start working. You start saving money. You start putting money aside. And then there comes a time where you go and you, 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 you go to the dealership or to a private seller. And you take that money that you have and you pay for that car. And somebody, you'd come to church and somebody would say, well, is that, is that your car? You could say, well, yeah, it is. It's my car. And they'll, they'll say, well... How is it yours? And they, they may not believe you, but you could show them. You would say, well, I have a title. I have a registration. I have my name on it. And you, you could you have a proof of your vindication that this, you are the one that owns that car. You, you paid the price. You have, you have the title, and it is yours. And nobody could dispute that. And I believe that we're living in the day and this hour. We're living in the time that there's many churches. There's many people around the world that, you know, in the secular church in the, in, in the world today that, you know, claim to be Christians, claim, claim to serve God, but they don't have the title deed. They could say that I'm going into the rapture. I have many people at, at work where I work that they say they're waiting for the rapture, but I'm just, I look at them and I wonder, uh, well, how, how are you going into the rapture if, 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 you know, the word has to wash you, the word has to transform you, the word has to prepare you, you have to be dressed in a certain garment, you have to you have to have that spirit of Christ in you for you to be identified with Christ. And a lot of times people, they just, they, they just claim a certain promise. But they, they will never become a possessor of that promise. Unless, unless if, it, if, it, if it becomes theirs. Unless if God vindicates that this is yours. 
that has been, you have a seal on them. They've been sealed and they have the title and they have all the, the, the paperwork and the documents to show that this is mine. And I believe that the bride of Jesus Christ, that's, they're the only ones that could truly say, I am the one that's going into the body change. I'm going into the rapture because God, you know, Jesus, this is what God did for you and I. This is something that God has provided for you and I. You, you can't afford, you can't afford to, to pay for your mistakes. You can't afford to pay for your sins. You can't afford to, to go into a body change. You, there's nothing you can do to pay for it because the value of, of what God has done for you. We, 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 cannot, we cannot provide or make a way, way for ourselves it has to be, has to, somebody greater has to provide and give it to us. And we have somebody that has come. And somebody that has paid the price and said, now you can become a possessor of this. You can, you can, you can have eternal life. And you would say, well, what do I have to do for it? And Jesus says, all you have to do is accept it. You just have to receive it. You have to believe it. You have to say, Lord, I accept it. I repent of my sins. I, I admit that I'm wrong. And I, that without you, I am nothing. Without what you provided for me, I cannot become a possessor. I mean, without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. No matter what you could try to do, no matter what you do, you, can, you will never be able to please God unless if you have that right faith. That is, God, that, that is given by God. Faith in the right things. Faith in the right word. In the rapturing word. In the word that is able to change, transform our bodies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the children of Israel, just to get back to our scripture, as they journeyed throughout the land and they came, and there was a time, you know, they lived for many, many years. For 40 years, we know that they journeyed through, the, through this wilderness, and a lot of them, that's all they knew. That was the only life that they had. They, they did not know anything different in life. This, they were so accustomed and so, so, so used to just living, the, having this certain routine. This is what we do. This is what I do. And they'll just, they'll get up in the morning. They'll go gather their manna. God will provide them, give them, gave them bread from heaven. God, God has given them all of those things. But there came a time where God said that this time is going to be different. This time it's going to be different. You're going to go somewhere where you have never been before. And he, said, and he says that you, you are approaching, you, you're coming to a place. You are going to go to a place where you have never been before. But it's a promise that I have promised. And God said, I have kept my promise. And the time has been fulfilled. The time has come that now that you, for you to become a possessor of that promise. Now has, the time has come for you, to, for you to look, pay closer attention because you have never gone this way. And I believe that we are living in the day where you need, where you and I, we all need to be paying a little bit more closer attention because God is, is, is preparing, he's gathering his bride. We're living in the day where, you know, we're living in the, in the days and in, in, the, in the time where body change could happen at any moment. And we must pay closer attention more than ever before because I believe that we are, God is, we're, God is bringing us up and he's, he's telling you, pay closer attention. In fact, in fact, he told Joshua, and Joshua told 
the children of Israel, he says, the Bible says that he commanded them. A command means that there's no, there's no option. It means that when you, when, if you're in the army and you get a command from the commander, there's no, there's no option. There's no alternative. The only option for you is to do what you are told to do. It's to receive it. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you say, well, how will that, how will that happen? It doesn't make sense. You know, we're, he's getting ready for us to go across this Jordan. And the prophet of God says it was, it was fuller and wider than ever before because they were crossing it in the time, in the springtime, in the most unlikely time, in the most unlikely season, maybe most unusual spot. Maybe it wasn't the perfect spot. Maybe there was better spots. But God knows and he knew exactly what he was doing. Maybe you're in the position in your life right now where you're thinking, well, Lord, I... You know, how am I, how am I going to go into a body change? How am I going to go in the rapture? How is my children going to be saved? The only thing is, you've got to keep your eyes on the Word. Keep your eyes upon what, what, he, what the Word of God says. And you've, you, have, you have to start taking God's Word. The promises that are written, you need to start taking them and start becoming possessor of those promises. You know, just, just take what God gives you. You know, when we look in the Word of God, we find that, you know, Moses... Um, he was, one, he, was one of those, he was one of those possessors that when, when he was in the, in the wilderness, he, he went on the backside of the desert and he met that pillar of fire. And he was thinking, he started asking questions and saying, well, Lord, how am I going to do this? When God told him that I'm going to deliver children of Israel, I'm sending you. And he had all kinds of questions because he was looking at himself. He wasn't looking at what God, was, what God, what the word of God was commissioning him. He was looking at himself. And I think there's a good lesson for all of us is not to look at our abilities, but look at the, the Word of God and what it's commissioning for us to do. Because the Word was commissioning Moses and he was equipping Moses. And he told him to take that stick that you think that is useless, that you're just using just to, just to walk around and to pretend to be a shepherd. But, but he says, take that same stick and you're going to show wonders uh, before the Pharaoh. You're going you're gonna to take that same stick, and God is going to show great power using this stick, using you, who you think that you are. You, you're, you're not the right man for the job, but God knew that he was the right man. Maybe you think that you're not the right person for the rapture, for the body change, but God knows. God knows your life. God knows everything about you. And if God has called you, you need to start realizing and looking and saying, Lord, if you've called me, Lord, let me become a possessor of your promises. Let me start possessing and taking what you give me. Not just question it, but take what God gives you. You know, we could look at Samson. He was just, just, a, just a, a man that, you know, he, he wasn't, the prophet of God says, he wasn't a man that was built like, you know, having shoulders size of a barn door. You know, he wasn't like Brother Steve, you know. He was, he was more like, like me, maybe. And... He was just, just an ordinary person, ordinary man. He wasn't a huge, big guy. But there came a time when God anointed him. God told him that you are going to bring victory to Israel. You're going to bring deliverance. You're going to be a judge. And there came a time when this same man, that's, that wasn't anything, anything to look at. But there was a time where he had a need. And he started looking, and the prophet of God said, said that he had seven curls on the back of his neck. And he could feel that that was the covenant between him and God. And as long as that covenant was there, he, 
he, when, when he was surrounded by a thousand men, he was, in a, he was in a very tough position, you may say. You would, you would say, well, you, you know, he, was, he looked around and maybe he, he would have, he, if, if in today's term, maybe you would, you would think, well, you know, I need to have this, this perfect sword. I need to have this, this certain weapon. I need to have this tool. But he didn't have any of that. And the only thing that he found was a, a jawbone of, of a mule. He, and he just picked it up and he just started using what God placed in front of him. You know, we, sometimes we, we think, oh, I need to go, and I need to go to this church. I need to have this minister pray for me. In order for me to be healed, I have to do this. I have to have this great person lay their hands upon me. But in fact, the only thing you have to do is take what God has given you. Just take what God has placed in your hands. Take, take the word of God and take it and apply it in your own life. Become a possessor of that promise. It doesn't, it doesn't, just, it doesn't only apply to those that... You know, they have special, maybe special positions in the, in the ministry or, you know, somebody who's a song leader, somebody that plays the piano. But it is yours if you read the word, if you take God's word, if you, if, you, if you read the promise of God, you need to become a possessor of that. You must say, Lord, I believe that that promise is mine. And you must receive it. You must take it and pray until God shows it to you and it becomes so real to you. That no matter what anybody says, just like your car, nobody could prove to you that that car does not belong to you because you know you paid the price. But I want to tell you that God paid the price for you. God paid for every promise and he gave it to you freely and he paid it with his own blood. He sealed it with his own blood so that you can also receive it and take it and say, Lord, it is my promise. It doesn't belong to someone else. It belongs to me. You must, you must take what God gives you and become a possessor of that. It's not, it's not how, you know, how good you are or how good the minister is that prays for you. But it's how desperate you are. How sincere you are. You know, we know that the prophet of God, and I spoke back home on the message I titled, Striking the Target. And we know that Brother Branham, he, was, he loved shooting. And he was talking about, he was talking about his gun that he was, he was using. And he, used to, he, was, he, he loved using that gun. And he would shoot squirrels in the eye at 50 yards, I believe. And he was able to drive, I think, seven or nine uh, you know, bullets through the same hole. And at one time, it started, it started shooting off. It wasn't, it wasn't hitting the target just right. And he, he started getting desperate. He started asking, what's going on? There's something wrong. And other people are telling him, no, there's nothing wrong with it. But he knew there was something wrong because he, he shot it nine times and it went through the same exact hole, through the same target nine times. And so he, he, he started questioning. And he started saying, well, if, if it was doing that before, why is it not doing it now? Well, there's something wrong. And then I, I started, I was just wondering, thinking, Lord, if, you know, if God did something and he was able to do certain things, we, we read of so many miracles and so many things that God has done in the, in the Bible, in the message of the hour that we read. The same, we serve the same God. I believe that if, we, if our approach is right, if we're in the right state of mind and our faith is right, we come with desperation. We come to God in sincerity. I believe the same God that struck the tar target in the life of Brother Branham, in the, life of the lives of the apostles, in the lives of the prophets, the same God is able to strike the target today. The same God is able to strike the target in your life. Whatever the situation is, 
God knows how to find that target. God knows exactly how to shoot that arrow and it will find the target. We know that Ahab, he went into the battle. And we know the story how he, was, he disguised himself as a regular man. And he was trying to hide and because he was afraid. Because there was a prophecy that told him that you will die in this battle. And so he, he disguised himself and he went into the battle and he had all of the, all the guards around him. And, and he, wasn't, he wasn't sticking out so that, you know, he wasn't a, a, a target to an enemy because normally they would be looking for a high-ranking officers. But he was just a regular person. But the, the Bible says that one, one, one of the Syrian, from the Syrian army, I believe, at random, he just shot an arrow. And the arrow flew a certain distance. We don't know how far, but it hit him right exactly between the latches, between, between the armor. And if you think about it, how is that possible? Just at random, you take a shot and it, from a long distance, and it hits him. He, has, he wears an armor, and he, he's got protection. But God guided the arrow because there was the word that was spoken and said that you will die in this battle. You, you will not prosper in this battle. And that arrow followed, found its target. I believe that God's word is sharper. God, God's word is, is more perfect and more precise that it could find the target. It could find your heart. It could find wherever you are in your life. And it could penetrate deep down into your heart to inspire that seed that's there. To inspire that faith for you to believe God's word. For you to take God at his word. For you to say, Lord, it's not just, it's not just for Noah. It's not just for Abraham. It's not just for, for the apostles. It's not just for Peter or John. But I believe it's for me as well. Because you said that, I, for the, for, because you said that these promises follow them that believe. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that we, we, have, we still have a God, same God, that knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly the situations that, that you and I go through. He knows exactly where we are. When Joshua commanded the people, and he told them that you, he must, he must watch the word. Because what they were carrying, they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And inside of that, there were the Ten Commandments that were placed there. There was that manna. The rod of Aaron was there. Those, those, those instruments signifying God's word that was on display. And, and, and Joshua told them, he said, you've never gone this way. No matter what, you, what you're doing right now, no matter where you've been, no matter how, how, how you're so used to this life that you're living, but now there's a time that's coming that you must pay closer attention to the word. You must pay close attention to what the word says because you are going to go into a place where you've never been before. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you know, things are going to start changing in your life. The, your, the cycle you were going through, it is going to change now. You're not going to go around the same mountain. You're going a different direction now. You're going into your promised land. You're going to become a possessor. You're going to be, you're going to become not just someone who heard about the promised land. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be just someone who, who heard God's done his great. God God has done great miracles, but you're gonna be the the one who's actually who's gonna taste the promise, the fruits of the land. That's what God, I believe, is leading His church, leading you and I to a, to a place where we're gonna not just gonna become the hearers, those that heard the promise, but we're gonna become possessors of it. You're gonna be able to taste what God has promised, because God is. Promised that his word will never fall to the ground. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
The prophet of God said, in the message, um, humble thyself. He says, now surely, after all these years, on the field and around the world and seeing different people, he says, I ought to know a little bit about the gate to enter in at. And he's, so the prophet of God is talking about the approach, approach to God. He's, he's saying, being around the ministry for all of these years and seeing all of these miracles and things that God has done in his own life. He's trying to show you a little, a little, a little glimpse or a little entryway. How to get to where you can become a possessor of the promise of God. So that you're not, you're not just going to be just to hear, listening to the word and applying it and saying, well, it sounds good. It sounds too good to be true. It sounds great, but it doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. I cannot become a possessor of that. The prophet of God is telling you and I how to become a possessor of that promise. He's telling you and I how to, how to, what, what gate to go through so that you can actually become a possessor. So that nobody will be able to talk you out of that. No one will be able to tell you that in, in question, do you have the Holy Ghost? You, if, you are, if you become a possessor of that, no one's going to be able to talk you out of it. It is yours and you know it. And so he says, and if you want to get somewhere with God, he says, never let, he says, never let an arrogant spirit ever come over around you. He says, don't let, don't, don't let no malice come in. No matter what anybody does, if they're wrong, don't you never build up a complex against that person. See, so now we, when we hear these things, the prophet of God is telling you that, you know, there's, there, this is an access. This is an access in the, in the a gate that you come, come through to get to a place to where you can become a possessor. He says, even if they're, if they're wrong, they'll never build up a complex against that person. He says, you be sweet and kind. He says, remember, God loved you when you were in sin. You know, it's very easy sometimes. It's very easy for us for hu for in our humanity, with our human nature, um, get to a place to where you could, you, maybe you see mistakes of someone else and, um, and you, maybe, you know, you, you see people are doing something wrong and it's easy to, to build up this complex and to, to think that you're better than someone else. But in reality, God's word, is, uh, Brother Brown says that you know, you were in sin at one point as well. The Bible says that we, were, we, were all, we all come short of the glory of God. We were born, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We all came to the world speaking lies. And without the grace of God, you wouldn't be where you are today. No matter how good you are, no matter what church, what family you came from, you still need the grace of God. You still need the love of God. You still need the mercy of God. And Brother Brandon was teaching and showing you and I the access, how to get to a place where you could receive the promises from God. He says, God loved you when you were in sin. And if the spirit of God is in you, you love the other person when he's wrong, when he's in the wrong. See, just pray for them and love one another. He says, above everything, love God and love one another. And be humble with God and around one another. And God will bless us. And he says it's hard telling what he will do. He's saying it's hard to actually 
to understand or comprehend what God is able to do. When we have the right approach to God, when they have the right approach to His promises, and I believe that maybe we are living in a time where we need to start looking closer more at our, at our own selves and looking at the Word of God, looking in the smear to show you and I who we are. You know, we had a brother that preached not, not that long ago in our church, and it was a wonderful service, but he preached on the ministry of the mirror. And he was talking about how the mirror, the Word of God, is, is designed, the mirror is designed for, for you to look at yourself. It's not designed for you to, to use the mirror to look at someone else. It's best for you to look at the mirror. And most of us, we all use mirrors because we want to look at what we look at ourselves. When we, we look in the mirror, we want to see what we look like. We want to make sure everything's right. And I believe this is a time where we must look in the mirror more than ever before to understand, to make sure that everything's right, to make sure that there's, no, there's nothing you know, messed up, especially for... For the sisters with the, the hair and all of this, all of these things, I probably look at the mirror less, more less than any, anybody else here. But I, I, I don't have to worry about my hair. But I believe that this mirror right here that God has given us is something that we must look at more than more than ever before, because we're living in the time where this world is falling apart. This world is getting darker. This world is is getting to a place where we don't we don't know what's going to happen next. We, 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 we understand that things could, could change and turn very fast. But God is calling us to come up to a different place. Come up higher. Go to another place because, because there, we've, we've come to a place now where we've been journeying. We've been going through life. There's been many people and generations have gone, come and gone. And people say, oh, we've been, we've been hearing about the rapture for, you know, for thousands of years. We've been hearing about the body change and all of these things. And people begin to doubt and they look at God's word, and they, they devalue it. They think that the word is, is, is it's not true, like it's not going to happen. But we understand that God's word will not fall to the ground. What God has said, it will come to pass. No matter what we think, no matter how, what our approach is, God's word will come to pass. Because God has said that my word will not fall to the ground. Hallelujah. So glad that our God watches over his word. He said that I'll, I will be with you and even in you till the end of the world. Now where we are right now, you know, we, we're living in the time. It's not, just, it's not just the time where it was as it was in the days of the apostles. But there's many things that have, have changed. Many things have, have cha turned around and many things have has, 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 has taken place where we are living now. Where God's word, what he's promised in this day and this hour that we're living in. Those things could come to pass. There was a time... When there's certain, certain scriptures in, in the Bible, we find that maybe they were not able to be, to be fulfilled because, because of the technology was not there. Because we know that God uses, God is in charge of all things. Even the technology, God knows how to harness it and use it for, for, his, for his own good, for the glory of God. God could, God could use all of these achievements, men's achievements, and all these things. God allowed them to fulfill God's word. And we are living in the time where that certain things have maybe been prophesied for this day and this hour in the 60s and in the 70s, maybe they were not able to be fulfilled. Maybe they were not able to be to come to pass, but today we're living in the time where, where certain scriptures that have been prophesied for this, this day and this hour, they can come to pass. Because, we're, because of the technology of where it's at now, there's, there's things that maybe before it was not possible, where the Bible says in the book of Revelations that 
there was two prophets that they would be killed and be, their bodies would be laying on the streets of Jerusalem. And the, 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 the word of God says that the whole world, all the tongues and nations will be watching them. And when you think, think about it, back in the 60s and 50s, that word couldn't, that scripture couldn't be fulfilled. But nowadays we're living in this day where everyone has a phone. Everyone has, a, has an access to social media. And everybody instantly could see what is happening. What is happening in Israel today? What is happening in Ukraine? What, what, in, anywhere in the world we could see what is happening live today right now because of the technology. And some of these things, I believe they play into God's word, into God's economy. And God knows exactly where his church is at. God knows exactly where we're at today in his economy. And I believe more than ever before, we must, we must strive to become possessors of that promise. We cannot just you know, go through life and, and not become what you are looking for. If you read in the word of God and you see that, you know, that God has healed somebody in, in, with, with cancer. Or God healed somebody from a certain sickness. Then if you're struggling with, maybe you have that same sickness or disease in your body. You must find the word, take the word of God. And you must, start, you must apply it in your life and say, Lord, I believe if that word of God struck the target one time, I believe that it could strike again. It, it struck the target for this man, for that woman at the well, for that woman that was, maybe that, had, that was so dark and living in sin. But the word of God found her, found the need that she had, and God provided a way for her. That woman that touched Jesus Christ when he was walking, and he wasn't in... He, he was just walking and going with, and there was maybe thousands of people around him. And they were, they were touching him and pushing him. But there was one woman that somehow, she, she, she became a possessor of the promise. She became possessor of the word of God. Her faith increased to a, such a level where she, she said within herself, the only thing you have to do is just get close enough just to touch the hem of his garment. That's all I have to do. And she came up behind him. And she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus stopped. He turned around. He started looking for somebody that touched him. Jesus perceived that he, virtue went out of him. He perceived that there was power that went out from him. Without him praying or laying hands on somebody. That woman became a possessor of the promise of God. And I believe that for you and I. I just want to encourage you in this, this evening time, this day that we're living in, to become a possessor of, the word, of, the God, of God's word. If, if the word of God, if, it, if the word tells us that well, that woman touched the hem of his garment and she received healing, she received what she was looking for, I believe that you and I, when we come with desperation to God, all you have to do is the word of God says, Ask your heavenly father, speak to him in secret, and he will reward you openly. I believe that we are living in the time where we must stay, start taking God's word and saying, Lord, I want that word to become a reality in my life. I want the word of God not just to be on the pages of the Bible, but I want it to become on the pages of my heart. I want it to become in my, in my life. I want it to be manifesting in my life because you have done it for that woman. She became a possessor. Lord, those children of Israel, they crossed Jordan at the most unlikely time. At a, most, uh, on, on a time that was the most inappropriate time maybe for, for them to cross because of Jordan. 
being so wide and being so overflown with water. But God knew how to stop that river. God knew how to provide a way for them in, in that situation. And I believe that God knows how to provide a way in your situation. Because he's, he's the same God. The same God that was with the children of Israel at the river Jordan. is the same God that promised to be with us all the way to the end. He's the same God that promised to be with you where you are right now. In your life, in your family, in your situations, in your troubles, in your sickness, in, in maybe in, in your sin, wherever, where, wherever you are right now. The same God said, I'll be with you. I will not leave you. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. What is he saying? He says, don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to be, to be bound by fear. Don't allow yourself to be dismayed and confused and, and be in such a, such a state where you, could, you will miss what God is doing. When the word of God is passing by, I believe sometimes the only thing we got to do is be like that blind Bartimaeus. Just start crying out and saying, Lord, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. No matter what the other people would say, no matter what other people thought of him, he did not care. He had a need in his life. He had a need that he, was, he needed an answer because there's nobody could help him. And he heard that there was somebody that could help him. He heard that the one that's passing by is the only one that could help him. No wonder he started screaming and crying out. No wonder people were trying to shut him down and tell him to be quiet. But he did not care about what they were saying because he had a need. He came to a place of desperation in his life. And I love how the prophet of God said that when Joshua stopped the sun, it was a great thing. It was so great that it has never been done before by a man. But he says that this blind Bartimaeus, he's done a greater thing. He stopped the one that created the S-O-N, I mean the S-U-N. He stopped the one that created this world that we live in. He stopped the one that created you and my body. He stopped the one that, that knows all about you and, and me, knows about our lives. And he's the one who's able to help us. That's how great that man was. Even though so many people, they, they, maybe they would call out and say, Oh, Rabbi, oh, you know, Jesus, son of David. But they did not realize who he was. If they would only understand that, that behind that little veil, the, behind that flesh, that was God, Jehovah, dwelling in the body of flesh. Oh, hallelujah. That's how great God is. He was able to come. A God that's so great to come in such humility that he dwelt amongst people. He walked amongst people. He spoke to them. He ate regular food with them. He drank regular water. He ate regular bread. He slept with them. He became just, he became as a, as a regular common person. He, he became so humble that people missed and did not recognize God behind that, that, that flesh. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that our God is so great. I'm so glad that our God is so great that he was able to humble himself. He humbled himself. He came into this, this world so that he could pay the price. So that you would have a way and you would have an approach to God. So that you can become a possessor of what you, are, what you need today. Without Jesus Christ coming upon this earth. Without Jesus Christ 
dying upon the cross. Without Jesus Christ paying for your and my redemption, we would not have the promises. You would never have an ability to even hear those promises. And more than that, you would never be able to become a possessor of that promise. You will never be able to handle that and have what God wants to give to you. What God wants to give, you, give to you this evening, even now. He, the prophet of God says that he wants to give you the Holy Spirit more than you even desire. He, he's, he's there and he gave you already the healing. He gave you salvation. He gave you redemption. He gave you deliverance. He gave all of these things. The only thing you have to do is reach out and take it. You'd say, well, how would I take it? How am I going to receive it? Brother Brennan says, just take and apply that faith. Just start, start, start just using that little, simple little faith. And he says, just, just start applying it. Start applying it over your, the heart of you, the, the, the doorposts of your heart. Start applying the blood. Saying, Lord, you know I need the blood. Lord, I need to be covered by your blood. Lord, uh, you know you see my situation. You see my need. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that God knows our needs. In the message, in the message, God, God has, has a, a provided way. He says, God made a provided way for human race to escape the uncommon judgments. In the days of Noah, God made a provided way. But when God makes a way, the man refuses to walk in it. And then if, it, if they miss it, it's not God's fault. No more. Then it's the city's fault when they run a stoplight. They say, it, oh, it says, it's no more, no more than that. It's the city's fault if you run the stoplight. See, in the, back in those days, they were still what red what meant, meant red. And if you run the red light, you, it's your fault. Nowadays, it's, it's different. So, um, so you have to be careful. You, it might be your fault if you drive on green. But... But he, has, he says he has, he has made a way. And God, before he, was given, before he was going to destroy the world, he says he built, he had an ark built. Not only that, he, he provided a prophet with his word to make a way for the people to escape. And all the, that believed walked in in God's provided way. By God's provided way, a messenger to point them to God's provided way. They escaped the wrath of the judgment of death. God has got a messenger tonight called the Holy Spirit. He is in the word. Hallelujah. He says God recommends this for his children. God's recommended this for all of his believing children. He says he did not. He says he, he did. It says it's not intellectual speeches, not some great theology, theology to teach. He wants you to cry for your needs. And that's right. He says cry out for it. He says that you, you're too stiff and starchy. He says, if you're, if, if, he says if you're too stiff and starchy, you'll never get it. He says if you, are ready, if, if you are ready to limber yourself up a little bit and cry, God will give it to you. He likes to hear his children cry. Cry your needs to, to God. God wants it. That's his provided way. Cry for it. That's the way that baby cries. That's the way he wants you to cry. He says, cry how long? He says, how long does the baby cry? Until he gets satisfied. And that's the way believing, church, believing Christians should do. God's child 
If you see that God has made a promise, don't give, don't give it up. Cry till he answered, till it's answered. Cry till you see God vindicate, vindicates his word. When God vindicates his word and proves it's, it's in here, then you don't have to cry no more. You got it. Walk away and thank him for it. It says, until you do that, scream out until you get it. He says, I like that. Persistent, holding on. Not hybrid plant. Not one that, that is babied and petted and packed around. Christians are real, genuine, born again articles of God. They fight for their position and fight till they, they're finished on earth. Every move of it is a fight. It says, God, God told Moses he'll give him the land. He told Joshua, every place that the foot of your soul, of your, the foot treads that I have given you. They had to fight for every inch of it. So do, so do we fight for every inch of it. It's something to be, it's not something to be babied and, and petted around like that. He says, we'll take over that. He says, see what you think. He says, it's not what your opinion is, but it's something that we have to fight for. If we see, he's, he's telling you and I, as I already read the prophet of God saying, he says, I've been around the world. And he says, I'm giving you a little key, an approach to God of how to receive what God wants you to have. What God has already placed, he says, you must never get an arrogant spirit come around you. Amen. Be humble. And he says, come with the right approach, then you'll receive what you're looking for. Because God, when, when he provides and he gives you, a, he gives you something, he gives you, he gives you a way to approach, and he gives you, and he gives you a, a way to receive something, he gives you a way to get there. As we find out that God stands behind his word. As, as I already said that Samson, he, uh, he needed a weapon to fight those thousand Philistines. He was in a, he was in a very tough spot. He needed, he, needed to, he needed to fight the enemy that was coming to arrest him, coming to fight him, coming to defeat him. And he did not, he wasn't trying to shy away from what was available to him. He wasn't, he didn't say, oh, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to go into the fight because I don't have the right tools. I don't have the, the armor that, that I want. I don't have this shield that I need. I don't have this helmet. I don't have this and that. And sometimes that's how we approach God is we look at, we look at the word and say, oh, well, why don't, you know, why don't I have what they had? You know, the children of Israel, they have this and that. They had the manna. They had all these signs. And sometimes we, 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 just, we, don't, we don't take what God gives us. And all we have to do is just simply take what God has given you. If God has give, made a word of God alive to you, just one verse and it became, became real to you, then just take it. And start moving forward. It, it, it will seem like, seem so foolish to the Philistines that here's their, here they are coming to fight this one man. And there's thousands of them, thousands of them, or thousands of them. And they have all this gear, the armor, all these tools and equipment and the swords, everything. And here stands a man, just a regular man, just a shrimp, Brother Brown said. And he, he has, all he has in his hand is just a jawbone of a mule. And it's not the right equipment. But I want to tell you that it was God's equipment. And with that equipment, he will, you can overcome the enemy. Even no matter how bad the odds are, you will become victorious. If you take God's word, no matter what the obstacle is in front of you, take God's word. It seems like maybe it's insufficient. Maybe it's not enough you know, to become victorious. You're not equipped right. But take God's word. Take what he's given you and go with it. You know, when David when he went out to face uh, Goliath, you know, he, he wasn't well equipped. He wasn't prepared. He, wasn't, he didn't have the weapons that 
you know, that maybe he wanted, or you and I would want, you know, to go fight a, a giant like that. He was, he was well, you know, he was way under, under, uh, under equipped. He wasn't, you know, we, he was not prepared for that type of a, of a battle that he was about to face. But David, did, he didn't care what, you know, what, how big the giant was. He did not care how, you know, what people thought of him, that he's going to fight a giant with a little slingshot. He wasn't worried about all of those things. He didn't care what people thought of him. All he cared about is what God has done already for him. All he, all he cared about is he looked at, at, at God's word. He looked at what God has done in his life already. And he knew that if God's word, if that same slingshot was able to strike the target, he was able to defeat the lion, defeat the bear, defeat those other enemies that, were, that rose up against them. He was able to place his faith in that slingshot and believe God's word because he said that I'm a possessor of the promise. He said that I've already, this, this, this slingshot has struck the target, target once and I know it could strike the target again. And he just went forward. He did not care what people thought of him. He did not care how ill-prepared he was. He just took what God gave him. And sometimes I think that's all we have to do is take what God gives us. If God gives you a little verse in the scripture and it becomes so real to you, it becomes so personal to you, then you just go with it. You take that word and you keep going forward. If God says that by my stripes you are healed and God has made that real to you, you just go forward. No matter what the other opposition will be, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the, you know, the, what the doctor may say, you take God's word and you keep moving forward. You just keep moving forward because that you be, you're becoming a possessor of a promise. God is, God's word will always strike the target. If it struck the target once, God's word can strike the target again. It could hit, it could find exactly where it needs to go. No matter, no matter what the situation you might be in, as long as you look at the right, uh, as, as long as you have the right attitude, you have the right approach, you come humbly believing God's word. If you, if you, if you, need, if you need an answer from God, God has given us the answer. God has given us the word. God has given you the message of the hour. God has given us the word to look to. And all we have to do now is stand back and look at the word. Maybe be more sincere. Be more dedicated. Maybe spend a little bit more time in prayer. If you have a need in your life, and look to the word of God. Because we have a God that speaks. We have a God that answers. We have a God that knows your situation. And he could say maybe just one word. But it will be sufficient for you. It may not be enough for someone else. But if you hear from God, it will be enough for you. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how many people condemn you. If Jesus Christ doesn't condemn you, that's the only thing that matters. You know that... Just as I, I don't want to be long, but as I come to the end of the service, I just want to just share this. This, we know the scripture where they they brought this woman to Jesus Christ that was that was caught in adultery. And the Bible says that they brought her, and the Bible says that they they brought her, tempting him. They wanted to put Jesus Christ in the, in in a bad position, bad spot, because they they wanted to catch him, to breaking breaking the law or. They wanted to put him in the place where he didn't, so that he would not be able to give him an answer. And they, they brought this woman, and this woman is laying there at the feet of Jesus. 
And there's a lot of accusations. There's a lot of people saying things. And a lot of, uh, you know, this one says this. And the other says, you know, the, all of these things. And they're saying to Jesus Christ. And Jesus is sitting there. And the Bible says that he's drawing with his finger on the sand. And they, they kept on saying things. and kept on pressing him. And Jesus just rose up. his lifted himself up. Then the Bible says that he, he turned. He looked at them. And he says, he that is without sin. Cast the first stone. And you know, I wonder... Sometimes maybe you could be in a situation where you may, there may be many voices that you, you would hear. Maybe there's voices in your head. Maybe there's voices in your, you know, that you hear that, of, your, of your memory. Maybe emotions and feelings and different complexes and things that you've dealt with in life. And you have those voices that remind you and tell you that oh, you've done wrong. You did this. And you, you've, you made mistakes in life. And. And you could hear those voices, and they're, they're, there's just like that woman was, was laying there. And there was all of these accusations, and she came to a place to where she came to realize that when, when they brought her before Jesus Christ, this woman realized that all of these voices, what, what they're saying, now it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, what will this person say? Yeah. The man called Jesus Christ. Yeah. And she's, she's, she's laying there. She's sitting at his feet. And then I don't, we don't know what she was thinking. But I wanted to, to paint this little picture before your eyes. That there was many people accusing her. Many people are saying things. And she's, according to the law... She deserves to be stoned. But now she's standing before this man called Jesus Christ. And now she's, she's realizing whatever this man says is what's going to happen. She came to a place to where she, she, she realized that it doesn't matter what anybody else says anymore. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what, what she heard yesterday, what she heard five minutes ago. It doesn't matter what she did a month ago or a year ago. None of those things matter anymore. Now she's at the feet of Jesus. And whatever he says is going to be the outcome. Whatever, she, whatever he would say would be the, would be the, final, the final word for her, for her life. I'm so glad that you and I, we have an access to that same person, Jesus Christ. You and I, we have access to the same Lord Jesus Christ. And there might be a lot of accusations, a lot of voices maybe. There's a lot of things in your past. But the most important thing is to pay attention to what the Lord Jesus Christ is going to tell you. The most important thing is, is not what other people said or what the other people say. The most important thing is what Jesus is going to say. What does this word say? What is, it, what is he going to say? And when, when, when he spoke, she was paying attention because she knew that whatever he says right now is going to be either death, it's going to be either life, it's going to be, I might get stoned right now. She wasn't paying attention to anything else anymore. And I trust that, I believe that we should be paying attention to the word of God more than ever before because the day and the hour that we're living in we're living in the time 
when the word of God is being fulfilled. The heavens are nursed. The word of God says that the, this world will be burnt up. It will, it will pass away with a with with loud noise. There's going to be many things that will be happening upon the earth. But the most important thing, the only thing that matters, what is the, what is the voice of Jesus saying? What does the word say? What is the word telling you? If the word tells you that, that, you are, you, that you are forgiven, I do not condemn you either. Go and sin no more. If you, the word will tell you what, you what you need to hear. The word is, is still the same power. It has the same power. The word is still the same. Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever. The only thing is we must be in tune with it. We must, must pay attention to the word. We must, we must be so sincere, so consecrated. Saying, Lord, what, what do you say about the situation? There's many situations that maybe you've gone through in life or maybe that you're going through right now. And I want to tell you this evening that you can become a possessor of the promise of God. Yeah. And the most important thing is what does Jesus say about the situation? What does Jesus say? What does his word say about your condition? What does the word say about where you are in your life? What, is the, what does the word tell you what to do? And the mo most important thing is is to obey the word of God. Amen. Most important thing is, is not just to hear it and, and say, well, that's wonderful, that's great, and I'm going to go back to what I was doing before. But to hear the word. Yeah. And if you hear the word and the word tells you, as Jesus says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then that must anchor down in your heart so deep that you would say, you'd walk away and you'd say, Jesus does not condemn me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that we have Jesus Christ, the one who paid the price. He paid the price that he paid your and our, in our, in my debt, something that we could never afford to pay, but he did it for you and I. Because he loved you and I. Even when we were sinners, the Bible says that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. I'm so glad that Jesus Christ, he died for me. He died for you. He died for every sinner. He died for everyone that is willing to come and to say, Lord, what you've done for me on Calvary, I accept it. It's not, it's not just, it's, not, it's, not, it's no longer a history, but I want to become a possessor of eternal life. I hear people saying that they have eternal life. I want to become a possessor of that. I want it to become, I want it to be so real and so anchored in my life. I want to have the token of that Holy Spirit in my life. I want to, I want to have that seal upon my life. To where I know I'm sealed until the day of, uh, of, of my redemption. That no one could talk me out of it. No one can take that away from me. Because I know that God has done something for me. And it's mine. And I'm a possessor of, of eternal life. I'm a possessor of every promise that Jesus has promised in this day and this hour that we're living in. I'm a possessor of, of the one who's going into a body change. I'm a possessor of, of the resurrection. I'm a possessor of the rapture. I'm a possessor of all of these godly promises. That were promised and people have been waiting for generations. But now I believe I am becoming the one who is going stepping over. I'm the one who's going across. I'm not, I'm not just going around the mountain no more. But we're looking at the word that's leading us farther. That's taking us farther. Taking us into all the way to the promised land. Do you believe that? Do you want to become a possessor? And may God bless you and help us in everything that we do in life. Be more sincere. Be more humble. And as the prophet of God said, don't let, ever let an arrogant spirit. Don't ever let this spirit of, of malice or, or complex build up in your life or in your heart. 
Just look to the word of God and say, Lord, you did that for that woman. You could do it for me. Lord, you did that for that man. You could do it for me. Become a possessor of his word and of his promises. May God bless you. Maybe we all could stand to our feet.